0: Welcome to Toothonomics, the podcast about the business and economics of running your dental office. Hello, and welcome to Toothonomics. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Clary. Remote meetings and remote work have become part of many people's lives. Today, we'll look at teledentistry and how you can interact with patients remotely. We're joined by Dentulu CEO Arash Hakamian, DDS, to help us understand how teledentistry can be part of your practice. And for our Toothonomics 101 segment later in the show, we'll look at a basic but important concept, accounts receivable. As always, we'd like to thank our generous sponsor, Cirrus Dental. Whether you're looking to move away from PPOs or boost your patient satisfaction, Cirrus Dental can help you set up and run a successful in-office membership program. Visit mycirrusdental.com to learn more about and sign up for a free personalized webinar. That's M Y C I R R. U-S-D-E-N-T-A-L dot com. Let's get started by welcoming Dr. Arash Hakamian. Hi there. Dr. Kamian, how are you? What's up, Tom? How are we doing? Fine, thanks. So, teledentistry is a new concept to a lot of our listeners. Can you share a little bit about how it works from a dentist's perspective?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I I have the unique uh, perspective uh, looking at it both as a uh, practicing dentist. I still have uh, two practicing uh, locations, associate run, and I'm also kind of looking at it from a technology standpoint. So really what it means to me uh, is the ability to connect, to connect with my patients, connect with my associates. uh, And and really for me, teledentistry is just – really the capability to share information, whether it's in real time um, or in different times between uh, patients and doctors and between different professionals.
0: So it sounds like there's a lot of different ways this could happen. Could you talk a little bit about the the live versus the asynchronous aspects of, of teledentistry?
1: Absolutely. So on our platform, if a patient is in pain, they can download our app and within five minutes, they can actually connect with a live dentist and speak to a licensed board-certified dentist in their area who can now uh, see them. They can actually share information in real time so they can send pictures and videos to one another and they can chat with one another in real time. And the doctor can evaluate and see if that patient has an abscess, if it's in fact a true emergency, if it's something that can be addressed with some paradex, some ibuprofen, or something that requires antibiotics. Um, and that's that's what we consider a live synchronous teledentistry. We also have relationships with local hospitals. So when patients go to emergency rooms and there are no dentists on staff in the emergency rooms or senior living centers, they can actually um, connect with a a, a synchronous call to a licensed dentist in that area. And now we as dentists can actually aid the, the medical doctors in and giving up uh, and formulating a proper diagnosis and giving the right medication to the patient. So all these are different modalities for synchronous teledentistry and through our customized white labeled, um, app that, that every office can have for, for their respective company. Um, all of your patients can now have a, uh, you know, your office app. So anytime they have any issues, they can actually, uh, communicate directly with the doctor provider on staff and now they can act you know they can speak over the phone um, they can do a video call or they could chat back and forth all in a synchronous live format. The asynchronous format is completely different. The asynchronous format right now offered by Dentulu can come in two different forms. We can put a small chat box or a widget on your company website. So anyone who's going to your website can now uh, enter their information, upload some photos of their smile, some photos of their bite, and actually record a short video to send to the doctor. And they will tell you what their concerns are and what they're looking for and what kind of information they're looking for. The doctor or the office will get this information, Um, they'll receive it in their email and on their dashboard, and they'll be able to evaluate the pictures that were sent in, uh, the actual um, concerns that the patient has, and the responses to those questions. And then the office will be able to now respond with a, uh, not necessarily a diagnosis, but uh, a, an estimate and a good idea of what the patient can expect if they were to start treatment in that office. So the asynchronous model is really helpful in patient acquisition. It's really helpful in generating new leads to the office. And it's also helpful um, if, if, if you're actually evaluating uh, documents sent in, Um, like x-rays and another treatment plan. So you can actually diagnose certain things by being able to give a patient a second opinion um, based on the information they've submitted from uh, another office where they have already received an examination.
0: So our podcast focuses on the economics and the business side of dentistry. How can a dentist use teledentistry to increase practice revenue?
1: I think this is one of the most exciting parts. And I think if you're really looking at the economics, I would really evaluate not only how much money you can generate uh, from the actual uh, carrying out of these video consultations or uh, asynchronous consultations. You should also see um, really how much money can be saved in uh, reducing some of the, the, the current fees and expenditures in an office. So right now... A dentist is legally allowed to establish a patient as a patient of records through telemedicine or through teledentistry. We can charge for uh, triaging patients. We can charge for examinations. We can also charge uh, basically for providing some of these services that we'd otherwise do in the dental office. remotely. So mobile dentistry, uh, clear aligners, in, uh, for example, Smile Direct Club is by definition a teledentistry company. So um, if you look at teledentistry for what it really is beyond just the video conferencing, um, and you incorporate uh, mobile dentistry and uh, triage some of these patients, establish them as patients of records virtually, and then send them clear aligners and or send out mid-level practitioners to be able to carry out actual procedures, um, the amount of money that you can generate from this is uh, really exponential. It depends on how much you want to scale that business. But um, I really think it's important to uh, also factor in how much money you'll save by decreasing PPE usage from having less post-op visits, uh, You know, decreasing the amount of things that you have to print out by digitizing your forms. Um, and, and a number of other digital services that we currently pay for that can be um, consolidated into a really well, uh, well set up platform like ours.
0: So for someone who might be thinking about a, a Zoom call, is this something that I can use my staff to do or do I need to be on all of these, these telemedicine appointments? How does that, that play out?
1: Yeah. a Typical video consultation, uh, depending on what you, what you're trying to accomplish can be carried out by your staff, by your hygienist, um, or by uh, one of your associates or even, even the doctor, uh, the the owner operator himself or herself. I think that, um, doing live consultations is just one half of the picture and, uh, the ability to do the asynchronous calls, uh, and responses where patients submit photos and request more information like second opinions or a estimate um, is really something to consider because we are currently charging uh, our patients in in our offices and a number of other offices for second opinions, consultations, um, photo consultations, um, and and a way to generate new patients to the office. Um, And we just have our doctors really just oversee and evaluate uh, the final response and make sure it's accurate before it's sent back so we delegate a lot of these responsibilities to our staff and just have a doctor make sure that they're accurate before they're sent back to the patient
0: so this is probably a new concept for a lot of patients are they willing to pay for teledentistry appointments absolutely
1: in fact when we were setting this uh, uh, you know I- for emergency services, we realized that there's 2.2 million people going to emergency rooms and they're actually desperate, 9, 10, 11 p.m. at night when they're having dental pain, which is when most dental pain occurs. Uh, we realized that most of them are ending up in the emergency room. And we have charged anywhere between $50 to $500 for patients who are uh, wanting to connect with the dentist to get medication uh, and to get immediate relief of their pain. So absolutely, patients are willing to pay for this. And for, uh, you know, as a silver lining that came out of this whole COVID-19 pandemic, dental insurance companies are now gladly willing and able to help uh, pay for these services. So whether the patient has insurance and, uh, you know, is willing to charge it through their PPO insurance or they don't have insurance and willing to just pay cash directly on our platform, uh, these are both modalities that dentists can take advantage of to increase some revenue for their offices.
0: Is it pretty universal that the bigger insurers are covering teledentistry now? I think absolutely the major
1: insurance companies uh, are now, uh, for the most part, all paying for uh, different degrees uh, of teledentistry. They're realizing actually that they can save tons of money by addressing a lot of these problems through telemedicine early on uh, and, and also by providing preventative care. Uh, In the past, if we were having this discussion about a year ago, we would have a significantly less number of insurers paying for it. But as uh, telemedicine becomes the new norm, both for medical and dental visits, um, I think that more and more insurance companies are definitely geared up to participating and helping uh, pay for some of these services.
0: So for a dentist that wants to get involved in tele-dentistry, what kind of costs are associated uh, with setting up this operation?
1: I think that when evaluating teledentistry, um, you know, we at Dentulu really wanted to make sure that uh, cost is not a barrier to entry and we have provided free teledentistry since our inception and we will continue to provide free teledentistry solutions um, And and providers and DSOs who want to take advantage of more customized solutions can basically add and add those as modules, and, and pay for those additional services.
0: Is teledentistry secure? I know I shouldn't email information about patients, but how is teledentistry different from that?
1: A good teledentistry platform should be HIPAA compliant, should have the information stored on a HIPAA compliant uh, cloud, and, and, and really it's beyond just a technology, uh, should really have all the staff members uh, the employees who run that company uh, make sure that there are security measures in place to protect the patient's information.
0: So how does an, F- an office get started in teledentistry? What kind of training uh, do they need and what do they need to prepare for?
1: I think at this point, there are, are so many webinars and podcasts on teledentistry and, uh, and, and th- different modalities in which they can implement it. I think just participating in uh, you know, some of these webinars from any of the companies that are providing them, I think will give really good initial idea of different ways that tele-dentistry can be used. We certainly are happy to onboard and educate any of the new offices that are using the Dentulu platform. Uh, but I think ultimately, uh, just like any other uh, type of procedure, uh, whether it's implants, endo, or, you know, even crown and bridge. I think teledentistry offers so many different capabilities and so many different variations that this is going to be an ongoing learning experience for both the providers and the patients. Um, I think that right now, uh, doctors should really start using the basics, which is the video conferencing, uh, the post-op care, and the photo consultations on their website and begin experiencing some of the, the, the powerful advantages they provide and then get deeper and deeper into it and possibly incorporating mobile dentistry um, and 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 some of the other uh, features that teledentistry provides as you know as their time affords and as uh, this technology continues to improve
0: is teledentistry a way for a dentist to bring in new patients to their practice
1: absolutely I think this is Probably one of the easiest and uh, quickest way to get into teledentistry is by adding our widget onto your website or by actually creating um, one of our teledentistry websites where a patient can uh, come onto your landing page uh, or, or to your website and enter their information and enter some pictures and upload some uh, pictures of what, they're, you know, what they want and what they're looking for and you can automate this process and generate a massive amount of new patients. All your marketing campaigns, um, which are now usually done on Facebook or social media, usually generate leads. And uh, we depend on an office staff member to try to call back these leads and get them into the office. Well, now through video conferencing, um, you can actually talk to these people and see if they're a good fit for your office. And, uh, and we've seen a massive increase in conversions uh, for marketing campaigns when you actually use video conferencing and asynchronous teledentistry to engage those patients before they even come into the office.
0: So with concerns about coronavirus, some patients are avoiding seeing their dentists for preventive treatment. Can teledentistry be used to help these people?
1: Teledentistry not only can be used to help treat these people, it should be um, used to treat these people. I think we have a fiduciary duty, not only to our staff, but to our patients to protect them from cross-contamination. And teledentistry is a powerful tool that will allow us to communicate with our patients, to be able to establish them as patients of records, to call in medications, and to be able to prevent unnecessary visits to the office for follow-up exams um, and also can be used to digitize forms so that we don't have to fill out so many forms in the office, pass pens and, and you know, uh, clipboards back and forth. And a lot of these things can be done before the appointment. Um, and digitally without the need for that type of interaction. I think the COVID screening forms are another wonderful way to use teledentistry and to be able to screen the patients before they come into the office and see if they are um, high risk for COVID and really help prevent unnecessary cross-infection.
0: So if an office wants to learn more about uh, Dentulu, where should they go?
1: We absolutely would love to... uh, teach and educate our fellow providers on how to implement teledentistry. We are happy to do one-on-one onboarding and education. If you go to our website at www.dentulu.com, that's D-E-N-T-U-L-U.com, you can actually sign up and register for free. And once you get your profile set up, uh, we will contact you or you can email us uh, at our support line and we will be able to onboard you and educate you on the different uh, features that we have. And we are like the Amazon of teledentistry. We have so many different features, so many different modules. So you can start with basic functions or if you're really advanced users and want to in- incorporate other um, you know, digitized solutions like review management, uh, like scheduling like digitized forms and uh, patient education videos, we basically have all of those under one roof and would love to uh, really help providers, DSOs, um, and even associates you know start utilizing this technology, which the medical doctors have been using for years to run their practices and uh, we really hope to usher in a new way to perform dentistry and that really goes with our slogan you know it 's Dentulu. Dentistry reinvented.
0: So it sounds like teledentistry is is more than just a Zoom call. That there are a lot of different features that this incorporates in terms of digitizing the the office experience as well as to creating efficiencies for, for offices. Could you explain a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one of the most important points about teledentistry is that Zoom calls are just one small feature of teledentistry. I think the ability to collaborate with your existing staff with other doctors digitizing your referrals between your general dentist and your specialist being able to get medical medical clearance from your medical doctors being able to call in prescriptions being able to send your patients a checklist of things to get ready for before the visit uh, being able to do your post-op calls being able to communicate with local hospitals and mds i think tele-dentistry is definitely going to change and shape the future of dentistry and it's really going to allow us to also consolidate a lot of these uh, digital um, services that we're currently paying for from review management to advertising to seo uh, to all these other digital costs that we have and i think in the next uh, year or two we can expect these platforms to really grow to offer different types and forms of teledentistry, but to also allow a marketplace where dentists and patients and specialists and even medical doctors and insurance companies can all participate in a variety of different ways.
0: And now for Toothonomics 101. Accounts receivable is a fairly fundamental and basic accounting concept. As long as you bill patients or insurance, your office has accounts receivable. As always, let's get started by defining this concept. Accounts receivable is money owed to you by others. Essentially, when money is in accounts receivable, you are providing a short-term and generally interest-free loan to patients or insurers. When looking at the financial health of your practice, one option To increase the amount of cash you have is to reduce the amount of time money spends in accounts receivable. If you typically let patients pay in 60 days, you can increase cash on hand by working to reduce the payment time to 30 days. By having less money tied up in accounts receivable, you free up that money for other uses. But, like anything else, it can be a bit more complex than this. There are also reasons you may want to increase the amount of time money spends in accounts receivable. Say, for example, that case acceptance is an issue. And you think that by extending the due date on patient bills from 30 days to 90 days, you can get more patients to follow through with treatment. In this case, even though payment is delayed, extending the time money is in accounts receivable increases revenue. It's also important to remember that the longer money is in accounts receivable, the larger the chance of default, and your practice is not a bank. So it's important not to extend longer-term loans to patients. That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our podcast and make sure to tune in next time when we look at how to make treatment more affordable to patients without needing to offer steep discounts.